Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market M&A and Private Equity. Uh, my name is uh, Mario Negro. I'm a partner at Steichman Elliott. And I'm excited today to have as our guest, uh, uh, Rob Sharon, who is the uh, CEO of uh, Stealth Monitoring, which is a a, a North American uh, security services for, firm and, and uh, with a great Canadian story. And uh, so, so I'd like to introduce uh, Rob. Rob, welcome. Thanks, Mario. Um, good to connect. Uh, Rob, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about your story. I, I thought we'd uh, start by just giving a little history about you um, and uh, and how you got to become the CEO of this North American um, uh, security services business that started uh, many years ago in Canada. And that's really become something a lot bigger and more uh, global in its intent. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about your story, your history, and then we can kind of go from there. Sounds good, Marion. I feel like I'm starting to age myself, you know. Uh, we've known each other for, for well over 10 years now. Um, so, as, as you know, I, I uh, grew up in Ottawa, Canada. Um, went to a public school there, so Robert Borden High School. I always thought I, you know, really liked business. You know, I'd ask my neighbor who was get the Wall Street Journal to, to borrow it, um, you know, when they were done with it, as opposed to, you know, looking at the comic book section, uh, which my parents thought I should be focused on. Um, and it was pretty entrepreneurial, you know, growing up with lemonade stands and, and the like, you know, Sears catalogs and whatever the topic was. And um, went to the Richard Ivey School of Business at, at Western um, and really liked numbers. So I was always gravitating towards kind of, you know, potentially doing a CPA or, or going into banking. Um, but went to work at McKinsey & Company, a strategic consulting firm afterwards in their Toronto and kind of um, European offices. And did that for two years, kind of advising Fortune 500 companies on strategic, you know, visions and, and value propositions and, and kind of how they were to compete in kind of the new digital world and whatnot. And then from there, I uh, went to work at Morgan Stanley in New York um, for the Office of Business Management. So the executive team helping do a lot of internal restructuring work for a couple of years. Uh, then went to Stanford Business School and uh, entered at a hedge fund called Capstone for the summer. And at that point, you know, I'd, I guess I'd had a lot of institutional education in my 20s. Everyone I really was like looking up to or really wanting to become later in my career had like, I'm going to use the word volatility, right, in life. Like they kind of rode the ups and downs and, and, and were kind of the, the creators of their own fortune. And that typically meant business owners or entrepreneurs. But it's a lot easier said than done, right, to, to build a, an awesomely big business. As you know, most entrepreneurs fail. And so there's a really neat concept called a search fund which was essentially entrepreneurship through acquisition, where coming out of Stanford, um, you could raise money from 20, 30 investors to basically cover yourself and uh, a business partner for a couple of years to come up with a really cool business idea or, or buy a business. And so I found my business partner, Eric, who uh, had done banking in New York and private equity in LA, who was also Canadian. And we uh, did this search fund concept, moved back to Canada in 2010 and found you see it. Um, a video surveillance business focused on construction sites run by an entrepreneur named Sydney Summer. And Sydney was in his late 30s, had a young family at home working crazy hours a week. And I, you know, Eric and I said to Sid, why don't we partner together and build this together and, and um, we'll put some equity in with our investors' money and, you know, we can kind of make this a really awesome business. And, 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 when, so and, when, and when you started, how big was, is you see it? Were you, when you, um, when you bought, you see it, where what was the rev? What, what kind of size was you see it at the starting point? Yeah, it was like it was like a 
pretty small business around 5 million in revenue, approximately 50 employees um, out of Mississauga by the airport. And Sydney had kind of built it from scratch, you know, starting from his mother's basement, mowing lawns, trying to make ends meet. So it's a pretty awesome success story on Sydney's part and Sydney's still involved in the business today. And then from there, Rob, I mean, this, this is a great story because you, you obviously, you and Eric became, um, you know, kind of like co-CEOs or, or the lead the executive team and Sydney stayed on if, if, as a, as a kind of executive as well. So it was a great partnership between you and the seller. Uh, the three of you together kind of then took it to another level. Yeah. So, so I remember telling Sydney, okay, you know, how do you do your accounting? He goes, well, you know, my, my, my assistant does the bookkeeping and then I look at my bank account every month and it goes up and I give these filings to my tax accountant at year end and that's my finance department. And I said, okay, well, we're going to hire a finance person. And Sydney goes, I thought that was your job. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, call it graduating from a small business to, to kind of where we are now, a medium sized business. But essentially, um, we all kind of focused on different elements. I focused internally, Eric focused on kind of the revenue side of the business and, and Sydney kind of made sure that the business continued to perform in its current state. And so it was a really nice partnership. Um, and, you know, fast forward now 10 years, uh, we hit our 10 year anniversary of buying Sydney's business in April this year. We're now at 1100 employees across 33 offices, uh, having a ton of fun, but, but definitely different problems now. <laughs> and, and, and Rob, I mean, what's your story is interesting is you kind of grew organically. I mean, it was just a Canadian company, you went to the U.S. Uh, and started to open up offices in the U.S. And then um, I believe you you did your first, uh, you did a couple of small equity, but you will call your first substantive acquisition where you, you bought a U.S. entity. Um, you you also then re- recapped, I guess, for your initial investors um, and, and brought in some new investors. I mean, you've kind of run the, ga- the gambit then, right? You've gone from being this, Five million revenue company to now, you know, a cross-border acquisition recap, uh, and I and also now you're doing acquisitions. I guess as this North American company. I mean, you've kind of seen the whole whole spectrum um, from 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 where you started to where you are now. And I, I I'm curious to ask, where do you go from here? What what comes next? Well, I think that's the fun part of entrepreneurship, right? When I when I when we partner with Sydney, he's like, you guys won't recognize the business in five years. And lo and behold, we didn't. And then if I look at where the business was four years ago to where it is now, I, I again, I wouldn't recognize it again. Um, so, you know, I, it, we run a ton of scenarios um, as to kind of how the business could have should look like in the next couple of years. Um, you know, I think the, the base case for our business is continue growing. You know, we've historically been kind of growing at a 20, 30% year over year, 10 year compound annual growth rate. So, the goal would be, you know, open up new offices, continue expanding into verticals, focus on video surveillance, um, specifically in the commercial industrial space. But I think there's a much bigger opportunity around called the monitoring of, of, of IoT devices uh, across the world. And I think as we continue to grow, we're spending a lot more time on, on becoming more of a technology platform and a technology play. And so I think um, the world's our oyster because I, I really think the future um, – is you know in video and and monitoring of different devices and how do you kind of streamline that and come up with interesting business analytics for for businesses on that stuff now i remember you you told me when when we've known each other for a long time when when you bought this business i remember you kept saying our job 
is to replace security guards. Where our, our business case is replace security guards. We are the you know cheaper, more better way to replace security. And that's where I think you kind of got your legs, but it sounds like the future is way beyond that. It's not just about sites anymore. Um, it sounds like you're taking this to a whole other dimension in terms of uh, potential and growth. Uh, and it sounds from what you're saying that it's also global growth. Yeah, that's right. I remember when we first bought the business, it, you know, it was very controversial. There'd, there'd be a picture of a guard and then there'd be a little cross, but, you know, crossing out the guard <laughs> and that's how Sydney sold the business. And then, you know, you have to get a lot more thoughtful about that because in a lot of cases you do need the guard. And so it's around supplementation or, or augmentation around the guard, but, but that's all right. I mean, in the end, a lot of what our value prop is, is efficiency of time for our clients, right? So if you're trying to watch 10 car dealerships with one security guard, it's going to be really hard. Whereas if you put up cameras at all these sites and watch them remotely, and then, you know, do a strobe and talk down when there's the bad guys come, and then you have a guard still being able to come when needed, like that's, that's a very strong value prop, right? And, and so we've kind of adapted by vertical. Um, but as you can imagine, there's a lot of people utilization benefits, whether it's that or, or logistics or gate control or, or whatever the topic is, where you can really use technology to, to make things a lot more efficient. And what's interesting about your story, Rob, is you took this small Canadian company and were able to make it into a, a great North American business that's really continues to, to grow and, and really go into to new angles. And I you know, want to take a step back and kind of get your thoughts on, you know, what, I mean, people always talk about why you go to the U.S., you know, why, what, what, what the U.S. brought for you in terms of, and your, and Eric, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, as we talk about the growth of M&A, you know, often we talk about U.S. coming to Canada to do deals, you know, U.S. capital or, or private equity coming to Canada, but you're an instance of kind of Canadian uh, entrepreneurs going to the U.S., the U.S., and I wanted to get a feel for your experience being a Canadian private equity uh fun going to the U.S. and doing deals and now really kind of taking it to another level in terms of partnering with other funds to kind of keep this, uh, this company growing. I, I want to get your sense of your experience uh, over the years being a Canadian going to the U.S. market. The, the honest answer is like, we, or the, is, is it doesn't really matter. And I haven't seen it as much of a big difference whether U.S. is coming to Canada or Canada is coming to the U.S., the reality is, is you're going to want to work in both markets if you want a large enough business. And I think we've seen a lot of benefits having grown up in Canada where, you know, everyone kind of knows everybody and it's a lot more collegial and a little bit more friendly as opposed to like, we used to do a ton of handshakes, right? With our Canadian customers. And, and then you enter the U S and everything's a legal contract and there's more litigation. And now we have like multiple lawyers in house. It's just a different climate, not to say one's better or worse, but um, you also have different levels of crime in, in a lot of cities in the U.S., which has been beneficial for a product. So I think it's just there's pros and cons to both markets, but being able to kind of adapt but realize the similarities has kind of been, been helpful for us. I think also just the ability to grow with U.S. lenders has helped. We, we execute on recurring monthly revenues, and it's been much easier to get U.S. lending support, as an example, even with Canadian operations in the U.S. market. And then obviously, in terms of investors, um, there's just so much capital on both sides of the border now. So we've been able to kind of benefit from a balanced mix of investors um, that kind of understand the value that we're trying to create on, on recurring monthly revenue multiples and steady state free cash flows as opposed to the traditional EBITDA that you might have seen 
you know, 20 years ago. Uh, you touched on a couple of points that I wanted to drill down on, particularly when we talk about the market today. Just it's such a robust market. Rob, I wanted to get your perspective on what you're seeing. And I mean, there's just so much activity out there. And I wanted to is just get your sense of where the market is. And obviously, you're seeing it from a bit of both Canada and the U.S., but would love to get your thoughts on, on on the market, what you're seeing, where do you think things are going from a deal flow perspective. And obviously, you yourself at uh, at Stealth Monitoring have been growing uh, through acquisition. So what would love to get your comments on the market and what you're seeing and where you think it's going. Yeah, I think, Mario, if you had told me last March that the markets would be as hot as they were the last 14 months, I, I wouldn't have believed you, right? And, and, and uh it was interesting because we've had a couple interesting opportunities, um, but a lot of buyers that have had COVID resistant businesses have almost looked at a premium, whereas a lot of investors look at it as there's still a risk, right? And so there's definitely become more and more of a disconnect, I think, in valuations. Um, as of the European markets, you know, I'm finding like these commoditized businesses operating at seven to nine times EBITDA, which would have been never talked about in terms of multiples um, compared to kind of North America rates, which, you know, it could be in half that number. Um, and, and so it's been interesting to kind of see the differences depending on the lending market and the equity partners. Um, I'd say for us, it's been interesting in that uh, our industry has had a little bit of a nerve, uh, the residential alarm business, which is not really my industry but as an ancillary um, has burnt a few senior lenders in my space. And so we've had to kind of go to more direct lenders um, and lenders that kind of are a little bit more sophisticated to under that understand our space in terms of the commercial side of alarms. Um, so that's been an interesting nuance, but overall I've never seen such interest in abundance for capital as, as we're kind of seeing today. And um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh, institutionalized private equity has become uh, and, and kind of a, an alternative to the public markets as opposed to, again, 20 years ago. And it sounds like, Rob, you're seeing the kind of the, the, the crazy multiples. Uh, I mean, we, we hear here in Canada about the U.S. experience and just how, how incredible seller friendly is. It sounds like you're seeing, you're living and seeing some of that in real time. Yeah, I think like, you know, we've obviously been wanting to, to do quite a bit of rolling up opportunities. The, 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 I think the struggle we've had is the the inorganic acquisition costs of acquisition have been so much higher than built, doing it in-house because of just the expectations of sellers right now and the amount of capital coming to them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that cools down or if that continues um, at its kind of heated pace, even on, on smaller deals that you normally would not have expected. I have to ask you uh, one last question before we go, uh, Rob, which is the uh, crystal ball question. I mean, you, you know, you look at, uh, and I've known you for 10 years and you started off with this small company and probably 10 years ago, you'd never imagine uh, where you are now, but I'm going to ask where, you know, uh, where do you see yourself at this opportunity in, you know, five years? Is this an IPO? Is this a global company? Is this, where, where, where is the next step, both for the, for stealth monitoring and for, and for yourself? Like where, where do you go from here? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Mary. I think, you know, I, I look at our industry and it's a multi-billion dollar opportunity and our business continues to grow, as I said, like at least 20, 30% a year. And, and I have a really awesome management team that we built over the last decade. And so I guess I'm looking at this personally as like, am I continuing to have fun, right? Are those things continuing to happen? If they are, 
what the heck else am I looking for in you know my professional career? Not much, right? Um, and so you know that's kind of my litmus test as I continue to, to grow the business. Uh, you know, in terms of where this business could or should be, I think we're, you know we're now number fifteen in security uh, in North America in terms of kind of operating size. So we're getting to become one of the bigger players in in the space. Um, I think therefore it's ours to lose to not become the player. Um, over the next five, 10 years, I think we'll continue to offer very vertically focused, you know, by industry product solutions for our customers. And we'll continue to kind of build market share. And, and I think we could have a lot of fun on the technology software hardware side when, you know, as we continue to expand our business, which is really my goal is to become more and more um, offering really innovative kind of technology solutions for our customers as opposed to kind of just hardware and, uh, you know, security integration, call it. Rob, it's been uh, uh, great to have you, and I really appreciate uh, your input and your, your hearing about the experience. And I've known you for all these years, and I still, every time I talk to you, learn about how far uh, this business has come and, and, and the interesting things that you're doing. So thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, Rob Sherrod, the CEO of Stealth Monitoring. Um, uh, thank you again, Rob. We've really appreciated having you today. Thanks, Mario. Yep, looking forward to, to continuing the dialogue and really appreciate bringing you on the show.